Before delivering the famous Birkas Yaakov to his children, Yaakov Avinu instructed his children to gather around. And once he had them, he instructed them to gather again. The obvious issue here is the seeming redundancy and unnecessary repetition. You see what I just did there? The question is, why would Yaakov tell his children to gather around twice? And the beginning of the answer actually lies in the different expressions that he uses. The first instruction Yaakov issued was, Heyasvu, which means to gather. And the second one was Hikavtsu, which also commonly is translated as gather. Now, the question that many of the Mepharshim tackle is what the difference between the two terms is, Asifa on the one hand and Kibbutz on the other. And a variety of answers are offered by the Mepharshim. Rav Shimshim Mephal Hirsch suggests that Asifa means to be gathered in from outside foreign or alien spheres, whereas Kibbutz refers to the unification of separate individuals. The Nitziv explains that the term Asifa implies a physical gathering, whereas Kibbutz implies the gathering of common identity. And on the other hand, you have the Malbim Kliakar and the Haksav HaKabal, who all offer similar explanations to the effect that Kibbutz implies gathering or assembling of scattered parts, whereas Asifa implies the unification of those parts into one sequestered spot after they've been assembled together. Now, this final explanation is somewhat challenging because of the order. Right? The order suggests that kibbutz logically comes before asifa. But in, this, in these two psukim, Yaakov Avinu changes the order. He starts with heyasfu, and then he goes to hikavtsu. But normally, scattered parts have to first come together from afar, and, then on, and only after can they um, gather into a single spot and unite. So the Malam explains that this reverse of order is actually the basis for the famous Midrash that Rashi quotes about the secret which Yaakov Avinu wished to reveal that day but could not, and that is the coming of the final Geula in the end of days, the Acharis Hayamim. So Yaakov wanted to reveal the end of days, but Hashem's Shechina was suddenly removed from him so that he no longer had the prophetic ability to do so. And the Malbim elaborates that when Yaakov instructed his children, Hayasfu, he was intimating that if they would become a unified Asifa, then even the nations of the world would prepare for our Geula. The problem was when Yaakov Avinu looked at his sons, he foresaw Machlokas that emerged from Sinaschinam, or hatred to no productive end, and because of that, they would be exiled and scattered. Thus, Yaakovinu had to then instruct them again a second time with the Lashon of Hikavtsu, that they would first need to gather around again as a single nation before they can finally be redeemed. Now, what's the point of all of this? What all of the approaches have in common is that they all understand that there is more than one kind of gathering, and that unity of Common circumstance and position alone is not enough to secure Hashem's Shechina and bring about the Geula. Standing cordially in the same room or sitting around the same table or even the same deathbed does not create the unity that is prepared for redemption. And we learn this much from none other than Yosef and his brothers. Right? Yosef and his brothers were, in a certain sense, unified by their common father, and they were therefore motivated after many years to start maintaining peace. In fact, Chazal indicate that the brothers even lied to Yosef to secure that peace as they misattributed a command to their father suggesting that he had ordered Yosef to forgive them for the sin of Mechiras Yosef when in fact Yaakov had, had never said such a thing. Now perhaps one can argue that the brothers rationalized that Yaakov's general call for unity might have included such a message to Yosef that for the sake of peace just forgive them. 
The problem, though, is a twofold one. Part one, we might call Yosef, and part two, we might call the brothers. What do I mean? Chazal indicate that the brothers only fabricated this instruction because Yosef seized all efforts to bring his brothers close to him once Yaakov had passed on. Yet Yosef no longer invited them for meals. And perhaps we can't really blame Yosef. And yet, even if Yosef was no longer motivated to get any closer with his brothers, the brothers' efforts perhaps did not really help. Yes, they succeeded in maintaining peace, perhaps, but wasn't Yosef already doing that? Because, of course, Yosef Atzadik obviously had no intentions of exacting vengeance against his brothers, even if his brothers thought he would. But what we see is that peace wasn't what was needed at that moment. And I'm going to make the argument that peace alone is certainly not enough. At that moment, as per Yaakov's actual instructions, what they all needed was an earnest yearning towards unity and togetherness. And I'm going to carefully differentiate between the earnest, true unity and the fake, fluffy unity that all politicians call for because they have to. This lofty goal of real unity is not the same and, in fact, is far more profound than mere peace. For the sake of peace, Yosef can be cordial and avoid seeking vengeance. And for that same sake of peace, the brothers could cordially feign an order from Yaakov that Yosef cordially forgive and forget. But if they wanted true unity, perhaps they needed to make themselves a little bit more uncomfortable, to humble themselves and just be honest. Yosef could have made his own efforts to bring his brothers closer, and perhaps they could have asked Yosef for forgiveness on their own. The point is that each one is kind of hiding in their own comfort zone just for the sake of peace, when maybe they can get something even greater. Now, the next big story in the Torah is not one of redemption, but of the first major exile, Sheibud Mitzrayim. Beratius concludes with a reference to the coffin of Yosef, who was laid to rest in Mitzrayim. And the question is, was this settling for peace the nail in that coffin? Was the uncomfortable but necessary means for true unity the last ticket to immediate redemption? Maybe we'll never know. But unfortunately, we don't need to fixate on Yosef and the brothers any longer. And that's because of the situation we are in now, right? At the very end of 2020, going into 2021. Who knows what's in store? But the thing that we all do know is how divided we all are. And even though we don't need to fixate on Yosef and the brothers, we have to focus on ourselves now. Because even though we can't fix things that happened generations ago, but perhaps we can actually make individual efforts towards fixing the things that are still broken. And at the end of the day, we do not need to settle for just gestures of peace. What we do need is to yearn for that true sense of unity and togetherness. And that's the brach that I give us going into the next secular year. May we all be zocha that, yes, we should have Shalom Yisrael, and of course, Shalom Be Yisrael. But more importantly, we should be zocha to that higher sense of achdus, to be zocha, to make strides towards that achdus, which our Father yearns for us to have. And in that schos, the Shechina should return to us, and we should experience the Fog Ula with the coming of Mashiach, the Meher